Well, good morning. It is great to see you guys here this morning on the beginning of a brand new year. You know, um, at the beginning of a new year, we think about all of the things we could be doing, right? All the things we could do better, all the things we didn't do so well last year, the things we wish we would be doing now. Like maybe it's like get control of your finances, maybe it's love your spouse better, maybe it's love your kids better, maybe it's lose weight, maybe it's change your look a little bit. Um, maybe it's grow some facial hair if you're a guy, I don't know. Whatever your thing is that you think might be the thing that you're supposed to do this year. But the challenge with that is this. We kind of tend to think that's about us, right? Like it's about me doing more, me figuring it out. It's about me coming up with the best New Year's resolution so that I become a better person next year. Now, New Year's resolutions aren't a terrible idea. It's not bad to have some goals and some things to think about and some focus for your life. That's not a terrible thing, so don't hear me saying that's terrible. But I do want to challenge you a little bit to think about the reality that what New Year's resolutions tend to do is focus on me. They tend to be thinking about what can I do? How can I improve myself? How can I be better? How can I get stronger? How can I... And so it ends up being kind of a selfish way that we begin to look at life. It becomes more about me doing my thing. I think there's a solution that's better than that, and that's why I titled it New Year's Solution, because I think the solution to some of our resolution problems is the reality that we have the presence of God in our life, and that the solution for the new year as we go forward into 22 is to think about not another resolution that wears me out and makes me feel like I've got to do better, it's this self-help thing that continues to fight in me, but it's actually a solution which is to turn my focus towards Jesus and his presence in me, because that changes us. You know, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and doing it one more time mostly makes us tired and mostly makes us weary. Now, I want to clarify a little bit because self-help people are like, but there's lots of self-help books written. Is it all wrong? No, I'm, I'm not saying necessarily it's all wrong. I'm just saying I think we're focusing on the wrong thing. When you think about self-help, it focuses on us and me and mine, and it doesn't focus on the bigger picture which is those around us, it puts my focus on me, how I can get better on my own instead of putting my focus on Jesus, who is really the author of us, and he, he takes care of us, right? He, him living in us empowers us to live a better place. Let's pray together. I'm going to uh, read a couple of scriptures, and we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Father, thank you for your goodness in us. Thank you for your blessings, your love for us. Thank you that you have gone way before us, Lord, even as we start into another year of 22, and uh, we start a brand new year in brand new places. Lord, you've gone way before us, and your presence is here. And we simply have to open ourselves, Lord, to the reality of your presence. Your presence doesn't depend on us conjuring up enough things. It depends on us saying yes, being welcoming, place for you to rest. So thank you for that, Father. Thank you for all you're doing in our lives. Bless us now for these next few moments that we'd open our hearts, open our minds to what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, we were never intended to live on our own. Actually, in the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, Genesis 2-7 says, And the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. You see, it was God, the author of life, who breathed into us life. We didn't bring ourselves to life. Okay, so self-help, going back to my idea of self-help, self-help isn't about me bringing myself to life. Self-help is not how we do things. Like, the reality is, God breathed life into us, and we became living beings from His breath. He is meant to be there all along. There was a part of us that God breathed into us, and the very living being became life, that is more important than anything else. So we start from that premise. So I'm going to start in that uh, spot this morning. 
that without his presence in us, without his life in us, we just can't do it. It doesn't go for the long haul. You say, what about people who are like, yeah, they're not believers, they're not followers of Jesus, and I would say that that's a shallow place to be. You might see some success in the world standards, but real life happens because Jesus is the life and light of the world. You know, at the same time, I would add this, that as followers of Jesus, we can take our eyes off of him, and we too can become victim of the very thing that I'm talking about. We shift our eyes off of him and onto a thousand other things that are going on around us. Because our life and our focus on him are what gives us life inside of us. Becoming more aware of God's amazing presence over this next year will change our lives, I believe, and make us look at the end of 23, or the end of 22, be able to look back and say, that was one of the best years I've ever had. It's where do we put our focus? What are we thinking about? What's empowering us? So where do we see God's presence? What do we do with it? How does it work? You know, God's presence is something to be cherished. It's something to hang on to. It's something to make a part of your life. It's something that is important and gives us life every single day. You know, we can do a lot of different things. We can simply walk away from the presence of God, like He's here, He went before us, He's empowering us right here. We can walk, we can close ourselves off to it, or we can open ourselves up to it. It is a process of something we can do. But, you know, I think many times, while He can work through us, even when we're kind of resisting Him, the reality is He gives us the freedom as, as humans created by Him to say yes to Him. He gives us the freedom to open our hearts to Him. You know, I know it can be challenging. I know it takes time. I know that just encountering God is not the end-all, be-all. It doesn't like a one-time thing and then it never happens again. It's an ongoing presence in our life. It's His ongoing presence. We choose to steward it. We choose to value it. And it's a matter of us taking time in our lives sometimes to slow down enough to realize His empowering presence is everything. Without His empowering presence, it doesn't happen. Without His presence, nothing is worth much. I want to look at that over the next few moments here as we spend a little time together. I want to give you kind of some practical tools I think that might be helpful. Um, a couple things that I believe that as we are looking at stewarding His presence in our life that I think are helpful for us to consider or think about. Interestingly enough, I never intended to step on necessarily, you know, stomp, I shouldn't say didn't intend to step on anybody's toes. I kind of do when, when the Lord says step on toes, I think it's okay, but I don't intend to stomp on your toes on my own strength, okay, is that all right? But after our first service, somebody skipped me and they're like, were you talking to me? <laughs> I'm like, well, I didn't have you in mind necessarily specifically, so if your toes feel a little sore later, just ask the Lord what it is He's trying to do and it'll all be good, right? But a couple of things I want to just, I, I said that, preface it, now you're all like, oh, what's he going to say? It's really not that bad. But just listen up for a minute. I think the first thing is we just need to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. We actually need to have an experience and an encounter, which we actually say is one of our things, encounter Him. Like, have time with Him. Spend time with Him. He is living in us. That is true. He is here. We do have His presence, but we actually need to encounter Him. That means we open ourselves up to letting Him work in us. Romans 8, um, verse 26 and 27, this comes out of the Passion Translation, says, and in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with the emotional sighs too deep for words. 
God, the searcher of our heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. We actually need that encounter with him. It's part of life. It's part of what will give us life as we go into the next, the times of the next year. It's not a one-time thing that happens and you never need it again. It's ongoing. It's like, I had my encounter, I'm good now, we're good. No, it's an ongoing thing. We need to continue to encounter the Holy Spirit in our life. That's what gives us life. That's what gives us direction. That's what helps us to hear the voice of what God is saying right now. It's an ongoing, it's an ongoing time of encounter with Him. It's the reality that the God, the searcher of our heart, actually knows our longings, and yet He also understands the desires of the Spirit. He actually works those things together. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I hear people say sometimes, it's just so complicated. And life is kind of complicated sometimes, I'll give you that. But the reality is too, true, too, that we can give up some of our own things. He knows our longings, is what Scripture says. He knows us. He understands us better than we understand ourselves. There's the reality of what the Holy Spirit does in us. Secondly, I'd like to notice, don't, not only do we need to experience Him, we need to give Him space to move. We need to give Him opportunity. You know, Holy Spirit's ready to move. He's ready to encounter us. But sometimes we're so busy or we ignore Him. I don't really know. In my own life, sometimes busyness is maybe one of the biggest issues I have with just like, I get too busy. Too busy thinking about all the things I should be doing or I should have done or I could be doing. And some of you right now are sitting here thinking about work tomorrow. <laughs> you know, so like, ouch, right? But anyway, just say it. Like, like, just for a moment, pause. Put it out of your mind. Think about, okay, let's focus on what God's doing right now. Let's give Him space to move. Let's give Him the opportunity. First Thessalonians says, Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. Some translations say quench the Holy Spirit. That verse, because of what it says, tells me that there is the reality that we can quench and we can put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. We can put out the fire of the Holy Spirit if we choose to. You say, well, isn't God Almighty God and He can just overwhelm us? Yes, but He chooses to work with us. He chooses to be, are you willing? Will you receive? And that's what he's asking us to do this morning. He's saying, are you here? Are you willing? Are you ready to receive? Will you put things out of your mind just for a few moments and let him, let him just be in you? Will you allow him to speak? Will you give him space to move? You know, <clears throat> we can shut down the presence of the Holy Spirit simply by just ignoring it, but we can also shut it down by just simply not paying attention, like you may say, I'm not ignoring God. No, maybe you're not, but maybe we're not paying attention. I know myself, I can be guilty of that because I get things happen in my life and I get distracted and I'm pretty soon I'm over here and I'm like, that's not where God's got me. That's not Him. That's a lot of other things. And they could actually be good things. It's not all bad things. Sometimes it's good things. But it's a matter of us giving Him space to move. Then thirdly, I'd like to notice that He's encouraging us to live righteously. You know, it's interesting to me that um, he encourages us to live righteously. He's not, he's not saying, he's saying, I want you to, he's, first of all, he gave us the breath of life. He is in us, okay? Secondly, he's saying, I want you to encounter me. Give me space to move. Thirdly, live righteously. And, you know, we're, we're family here, so hear, hear me for what I'm saying and not for what I'm not saying. But the reality is, if we are living righteously, we look different. It means that we don't do the same things 
as those people who don't follow the Lord. It means we live our lives a little differently. It means we interact differently. That means sometimes we're going to love the unlovable. We're going to do those kinds of things. And can I just say, like, you know, it's really challenging for myself and probably for you. When you look out and you see people, you know they've had an encounter with the Lord. You, you know that they're followers of Jesus. You, you, you would say that's true about all of that. But you look at the fruit of their life, and it's kind of missing. And my own life sometimes. Like, if I want to measure something, I'm like, well, I haven't been very fruitful. Ooh, ouch. But the reality is, when we don't say yes to him, we don't give him space to move. We don't live, as the Bible says, righteously. And I'm going to say rightly is partly what that is. Then we really don't give him space to move. Because that's what, how he moves in us. It says, the psalmist said this. He's like, uh, in Psalm 139, verse 23. said, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test. Sift through all my anxious cares. Now, if he just stopped there, that's a lot, right? Like, put me to the test. Verse 24, then he goes on and says, See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. The reality is, the psalmist is just saying, is like, He's pausing, he's taking time, he's slowing down, and he's saying, Lord, I know I need to be examined. Examine me. Find out what's going on in me. Reveal it to me. Let me know. You know, it's not just for the chosen few. It's for all of us. His presence is for all of us. No matter where you are in the spectrum of your life being erect to your life being pretty good and somewhere in between, which is probably where a lot of you live is somewhere in between in reality, his presence is for all of us. It's for you when you're a mess, and it's for you when you're hashtag winning, whatever that does, looks like, right? It's for you. His presence is for you. You're like, well, I don't think you understand, Jim. I just do this. No, his presence is for you. You say, well, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, I don't, I just work by myself. Like, I, I'm not around people very much. No, his presence is for you. You say, well, I'm around people all the time. I get tired of people. His presence is for you. You say, I, I don't have, you know, I just not a very charismatic person. That's okay. His presence is still for you. Or you say, I'm a crazy, you know, I have lots of friends. I don't really need his presence. His presence is for you too. We need his presence in us. We need to experience him. We need to make space for him. We need to live rightly. And fourthly, I'd like to notice that we need to pursue his presence. You know, part of the thing of just opening ourselves to him is also pursuing it. I don't know if you're like, I am, my kids can continually give me a hard time about this, but it's true, so I'll admit it. But when I find something I'm, I, like I'm curious about, what do I do? I'm Googling it. I'm, I'm hunting it down. I see you there. My kid's looking at me, smiling. Uh, but that's, that's how I am, right? That's how I'm wired. I am pursuing it. I'm like, what is this? What, like last night, my dishwasher was not functioning properly. Lori's dishwasher wasn't functioning properly, I should say. Anyway, it, it impacts me too. So like when it doesn't function right, it impacts me. So, you know, I'm, I don't mind getting my hands dirty and doing dishes, but I prefer the dishwasher to do it. So I'm taking it apart, and I'm trying to figure out what's going wrong with it. Like, what is going on with this stupid thing? Like, I was, I was getting really angry with it, honestly. And I'm taking it apart. I'm like, this is the poorest design thing anyway. Trying to find a part so that I can fix it. But I'm pursuing it. I'm like 
after it. I'm like, figure this out. Let's go. What is wrong with this thing? Let's, let's do it. And the reality is, that's how we are to pursue His presence. We are supposed to be after it. Pursue Him. Come after Him. Ask for more. Encourage, I'm encouraging you. You're at work and you don't have the answer? Pursue His presence. Your kids not doing what you want them to do? Pursue His presence. You say, well, I don't know. I don't know what to do about this situation or I don't know about that situation. Or you have a relationship that's a mess? Pursue His presence. Stay after it. I believe that as we start the new year, we are to be good stewards of His presence. And we are to, I'm encouraging you to go after His presence. But I also believe that part of the thing of God's presence in us is us going after Him. It's not all about just, you know, He's breathed the breath of life into us, He's given us His presence, we've experienced Him, and we have all those things happening in our life, we're living rightly, we're doing these things, and then we're encouraged to go after it, pursue Him, stay after Him. You know, more of His presence through the power of the Holy Spirit in us will empower us to live the life that we have been called to live. I believe at the end of 22, or as you begin 23, you'll be able to look back at this year and say, that was my pursuit. That's what I went after. And you'll say it was a good year. No matter of the circumstances that we go through, His presence makes a difference in us. He's inviting us to live a life that's chasing after Him, that's pursuing Him. He's inviting us to live a life that's staying hungry for His presence in us. And there's nothing greater than God's presence in us guiding us, leading us, taking us to the next level, taking us to the next place that we're going to go to, and all of those things. But encountering God's presence is the most powerful thing we can do. And over these last few years, it's been chaotic, it's been crazy. I just want to encourage you again today, today say this. As we begin a brand new year, would you take your focus from all the junk, all the stuff that's around us, would you put it back on Him? Would you focus on His presence in you? No matter what life looks like, no matter where you are, would you look at His presence? Because as bad as it is and as bad as it's been and all those kind of things, we can look at that stuff and it drives us crazy. It makes us anxious. It gives us, that's not, that's not who He's called us to be as believers. He's called us to be people of His presence who are pursuing and going after what He's called us to be. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you love us. Lord, you care for us. You care for us in so many amazing ways and I pray that this morning as we are here in the middle of your presence, that our hearts will be open, Lord. If, if we haven't opened them already, would we just now open them as we come into a time of worship? Would your presence be real in our lives, Lord, in 22? As we come to a new place and a new year and we're starting all kinds of new things, would our hearts and minds be open to just pausing before you and letting you come and empower us and live in us? Father, you have been so uh, good to us by allowing us the opportunity to be people of your presence. And I pray that in return, even as we worship together, that we would be people who would receive your presence, Lord, and that we wouldn't just receive it for us, but we'd carry it out with us, no matter where we go. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.